I mean, Ken, you are you are literally like a walking encyclopedia. All of a sudden, in like <laughs> in like a month, you've become a walking encyclopedia of modern progressive rock. On this special concert series edition of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses Prog Stock 2019 and maybe a little 3.2. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends Paul Zotter and Ken Gregory as we get the report from Prog Stock 2019, plus some bonus coverage on 3.2. All right, Kenny G. I'm overwhelmed. I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I saw a lot of music, Joe. <laughs> you well, still look very energized, Ken. You oh look boy. like you're a ball of energy. I would imagine you'd be exhausted by now. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was surprised that we were uh, we were actually able to convene this this close to the weekend. So, just to sort of to clarify, Ken. You started this early. You saw 3.2, what, on Wednesday of last week? And then you went and saw Total Mass Retain at the Prague Stock pre-party on Thursday. And then the entire, mostly, Prague Stock Festival on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? I, I, I seriously missed three acts that that I will regret for the rest of my life. Believe it or not, it's it, it's it's possible that I that I, I I may have missed three of the best acts, if that's even a thing. Um, but but I, I I can't wait to talk about what I did see, and and much of what I didn't see is available online. Thank goodness. Well, that's mm. awesome. I uh, so. I, how do you want to address this? How do we how do we cover this huge amount of of material that you saw? Why don't we Why don't we at least start out with <laughs> with, with with our friends Total Mass Retain on Thursday night because they kicked off the whole prog stock thing, and maybe that's a good place to start. There are hundreds of folks who travel distances and go through great lengths to get to this event. So whatever I did by going to see. Uh, 3.2 and Randy McStein and then going to work and then going straight to TMR and driving all around is probably peanuts compared to what some folks did. We, we, we had a band there uh, from Chicago with family members. It's pretty amazing. Uh, no, no conversation of Brog Stock goes by without uh, the names Tom Palmieri and uh, Rob Rutz. Well, I mean, uh, Tom and Ann, Ann Rinaldi. And um, the, 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 I, the, the staff is like 
too big to mention, and I, d I don't even think I met everyone who's instrumental in the uh, planning, decision-making, and implementation of it. Uh, so uh, a lot goes into this, but um, it's, it's also somehow cozy and informal, if that's even possible. It's in a real theater with, with a big, huge stage with, uh, you know, uh, grand lobby and a nice little snack bar area. And it's a real theater, but there's kind of also this cozy element of uh, folks knowing themselves, knowing each other for years and years and informally hanging out. It's kind of the best, best of both worlds. Um, really enjoyed uh, just the uh, kind of getting the history of it and, and finding, you know, the different blends of old and young. We talk about the demographics at a Yes show and the feeling that you get from the civility and, and, and the uh, joy that comes from that crowd. And, 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 and Prague Stock would, would tap into that in a way. I hope that sets the stage uh, appropriately for, uh, for, 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 for what the event is. And maybe in contrast, I don't know, Joe, you and I years ago went to like uh, a jazz fest that was rather corporate with sponsors and everything like that. Yes, it's not did. on, it's not on that level uh, yet. It's not the Royal Affair where you're, you know, uh, watching four bands in rapid succession. You have changeovers. You have that human element. You have the, the uh, unrehearsed, unplanned technical difficulties in between acts. You have, <laughs> um, uh, uh, you have groups of people getting together, getting on stage in the uh, after hours jam, um, folks who have never played together before. So uh, it, 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 it's as, as big as it is, and as wonderful as it is, as it is, there's still so much serendipity. There's still so much chaos, entropy that can still come out of this situation. Interesting. Indeed. So, indeed. I mean, so from your perspective, was that was that part of the joy? Was that most of the joy? Did that was that an unexpected pleasure? I mean, what what maybe did you expect versus what you saw then? I mean, are these these feelings and impressions that you're sharing with us now? Is that what you were anticipating as you headed up there? Or was, was a lot of this a surprise? I, I suppose I did know from attending four or five Total Mass Retained shows that, that this would be an extension of the TMR universe. You know, with, with TMR just a, a little subculture <laughs> of the, of the uh, Prague experience. It's fascinating that, that you've kind of got your New York Prague culture and you've got your Philadelphia prog culture. I, I, I was impressed to find some Philadelphians and uh, prob pro probably the most uh, significant being Simon Godfrey and uh, his act. They were featured uh, in the waiting room restaurant in the after hours entertainment. And that band goes by the name Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-Z. And, that, and they, uh, those uh, three guys minus their drummer played and uh that, that that was fantastic to have uh philly represented 
Uh, but there really are no uh, barriers or, you know, distinct cultures. Really, uh, folks coming from uh, Florida, like I said, Chicago, all over the map. Um, so let's let's just kind of get into it. Um, the so three Ken, that. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Ken. So, real quick, the total mass retained sort of pre-party that was at a different venue, right? Or was it at the same venue? Right, right. Um, Rahway is a small town. Uh, it's, it's, it's got a train line there with a train station and that venue is, uh, near the, uh, the train station and the hotel kind of in a, you know, a little dense corner of town. Then you just walk, I'd say five or six blocks to get to the theater. Um, and it's a nice old movie house kind of a thing converted. We're familiar with the Keswick. It's not nearly that big, but it's still, um, maybe two thirds of the size of the Keswick. So it's delightful, maybe on order of the size of the Sellersville Theater, plus a few rows. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's really great. But it does have uh, steps and what you might consider to be, you know, a balcony back of the room. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but uh, specific to your question, the waiting room is just a pub and it served its purpose. It was wonderful. And uh, I recognized a lot of faces and... Uh, I still managed to squeeze, squeeze in and get some food and beverage uh, at the beginning of their set and then dance my ass off a little bit towards nice. the end of the set. Yeah. And they ended with Close to the Edge, as I recall from your, uh, your texts. Yeah, that, 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 that's quite a little, little encore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little something. I mean, and the clip you sent was, was pretty rocking. Did they do any, were there any surprises in their set? Some, some yes tunes that made you go, oh, didn't expect that. Because they were kind of coy when we talked to them before the, uh, the festival. Um, you know, Joey Cass was on a mission to play obscure material. Um, but, you know, thank heavens. We had such a, a mixed crowd. They, they still managed to do the old favorites. So, um, yours is no disgrace, uh, really popped out is one that got the crowd moving. Um, luckily the only thing from, uh, the real pop era would have been hearts, which, which came off pretty well. That's just a nice way of saying, um, uh, no, no wants to hear that song with the A, the C and the D chord that keeps playing all the time. <laughs> You know the one I'm saying? No one wants to hear that Yes song. I mean, if we don't have to. Right, Paul? So, anyway. Did they? Uh, yeah, yes, you're right. No one wants to hear that. It was a fantastic choice of, uh, of, of tunes from Total Master Tain. Part of the sunrise. I would like to hear the... Uh, Owner of a Lonely Heart via the opening of the Anderson, Bruford, and Wakeman and Howe tour with uh, Terry just singing it, you know, with an acoustic guitar. I think that would be, that would be cool. Oh, man. I hear through the grapevine that Terry w is going to learn some guitar. Don't want to get everyone's expectations up, but uh, there is one special 
song that the TMR guys talked about where Terry will play some acoustic. The waiting room is um, a pub. It's got this corner area that functions as a stage. Um, they, 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 they really squeezed in there, and I commend the guys for making the most of a really tight space. And just the uh, TMR crowd and the Prague Stock crowd for cramming a lot of people into that pub and uh, making it work. So then Friday. You, you have to go to progstock.com slash 2019 forward slash artists hyphen schedule forward slash 2019 hyphen schedule. And there, there you will see exactly what I'm viewing right now. Um, that was the Bible for the three-day affair. And I missed the first act of Friday, Fido. And I missed the first act of Saturday, Jane Getter, Premonition. And Jane Getter had miraculous special guests. Um, so I'm told. I'm told Adam Holtzman sat in. No. Adam I, I, Holtzman? I, I, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> We're what? Damn. Fans. I could have pissed next to him. I wouldn't even notice. I, I, I mean, oh, you'd think I would have. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. They're, they're, they're just awesome people. That, that's, why, that's why I'm one big walking ad for Progstock. I'm just like, go. Oh, you're going you're gonna to see cool people. You're going to learn from them. All right. Salem Hill is, is pretty miraculous. It, it's, they're out of Nashville, and it's definitely got a Nashville sound. It's really wide, spacious, Americana-sounding landscapes. Is it Andrew Wyatt I'm thinking of, the painter? There's something majestic about Salem Hill. Okay. Um, and so, so we did not necessarily come from a country rock kind of a vibe. Uh, but once I'm there, it feels pretty homey. So I recommend the, them. Um, I already knew what to expect uh, having checked out, uh, Christopher Clark online, uh, he played with Rachel flowers. Uh, he, 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 he said it pretty well. He said, I'm so thrilled to be on stage with Rachel flowers. I can't wait. I will so quickly update my Instagram. You won't even know what happened. <laughs> so, um, he, Christopher Clark is, is the keyboardist in brand X. We also know him as the keyboardist who played close to the edge with the geeks. What are they called? The Prague geeks, the uh, band geeks. It's quite interesting to see the range of Rachel flowers. And this would just be a great part for me to deviate from the schedule to illustrate the range that Rachel occupies. She performed improvisational music with Christopher Clark, but she's also known for covering Keith Emerson note for note. Um, so somewhere in this range of original compositions with very uh, peaceful, serene, uh, melodic tones and the more chaos tension of Keith Emerson, uh, you'll find this kind of breadth of keyboard playing that she occupies. Um, but she goes off the keyboards and she even plays guitar, not just acoustic guitar or anything. This was full blown in your face, melting electric guitar. Um, uh, she participated in many 
of the late night uh, jams on Saturday night. You, you have to keep in mind that the Saturday night music, <clears throat> this was following Brand X. Um, it, 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 it's many of the contributors and staff and, and longtime friends of Brogstock are playing in ad hoc bands. And uh, Ra Rachel primarily plays piano, but she played the David Gilmore guitar solo in Comfortably Numb, note for note, the first one and the closing one, and she improvised a bit at the end. It was, it, it was amazing. I don't think she uses a pick. It was some cool technique with her fingers. And she doesn't play a bit of the verse or the chorus. Um, <clears throat> she just sings the high harmony in the chorus. And then she just nails it. And, uh, and, and she has two electric guitars uh, from her buddy Steve Vai. There's Steve 1 and Steve 2. <laughs> <laughs> so the guitars are named Steve 1 and Steve 2. Uh, Rachel's mom is her MC and guide. And uh, Rachel's mom played acoustic guitar on an as Annie Haslam song, uh, Mr. Midas. Uh, really miraculous to see what they all put together. Um, and there are other friends and neighbors who join in on uh, supplemental instruments. But um, uh, that piece was really remarkable, just hearing how uh, uh, the voices blended there with Rachel doing some uh, gorgeous high harmonies. And then finally, it was 3.45 a.m., and... Uh, um, I, I recall uh, w one of the groups that got together and did Heart of the Sunrise, J Joel Simkis was on bass for that. So nice. Um, we knew what to expect there. Um, but Rachel did the uh, face melting organ and moog parts from Heart of the Sunrise. Mm. While another gentleman did the gorgeous piano rolls in that one. Um, and that was at 3.30 a.m. And then somewhere around 3.45 a.m., finally they got to Trilogy by Keith Emerson. It was just amazing. I, I knew that Rachel would be performing um, with Robert Berry. And, and that track, you must find it on, on YouTube. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes because it, it truly is um, more gorgeous live in that scenario than it is... Unfortunately, they're not on the 3.2 recording. It, 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 it's emotional there, but it's, it, it's much more breathtaking in the sparse uh, concert hall with just Rachel uh, playing Robert's piano composition and, and Robert singing over top. Absolutely gorgeous. I know that there is Prague on the Ranch in Florida, and that's an event where uh, Rachel does a lot of work. And uh, I think it, something else was mentioned. So she's, she's heavy on the circuit. Mm. I think uh, 3.2 was different here in, in a way than it was in Kennett Square. So, Paul, thank you for the ticket. I'll have to shoot you some uh, Venmo for that puppy. So <laughs> sorry you couldn't... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, so, so, sorry, you couldn't go to the concert that you you, you planned to go to. Um, but Kenneth Ken, Ken Square was delightful with a combination of Randy McStein and uh, and three point two. How was the um, crowd there, Ken? It, it it should have been a little heavier, but I gotta say, it, 
it was, you know, a Wednesday night, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it's really interesting. So having interviewed Robert and hung out with Robert and his crew in Kennett Square and then, you know, talked to them and hung out in um, at Prague Stock, uh, I know that Robert would love to take December people on the road. And he played one December people song in this mm. set. It's just, you know, how do you do it? Um, I, I, I'm always reminded by the chaos of, you know, my office party every year. Like, when is that going to be? And then that controls where everything else yeah. is. Families are moving around what they do and people are trying to Christmas shop. Uh, so I, I, I believe Robert phrased it that he just didn't find a manager who was taking on the challenge of booking December people. And because there's, only, <laughs> there's only that window between Thanksgiving right. and Christmas to get it done. Yeah, you and got, maybe you got to book it in like May and June. No one's thinking about, uh, Christmas <laughs> in May and June. Well, Ken but, and flash but, would be but, a great place for, uh, for, uh, December people. I think be a good, a good place for that. <laughs> Ken, did you guys, did you guys hang out in Kennett square after the show? Did you go to like, one of the uh, local establishments to hang out or did you just like chill at the flash? <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, I, I, I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed, um, um, uh, uh, you know, of, of, of course, uh, Robert is the director of outreach for his act, but, but that, that's not to slight anyone. Um, uh, Andrew is, uh, very approachable, uh, Collier and, uh, and, and very conversational and, and actually, uh, Paul Keller, uh, turned out to be, uh, my simpatico, uh, equivalent in, um, in, in that band We're both it employees and we're both guitarists. So I could have just kept jabbing with that guy until he got tired of me every day. So, um, <laughs> Paul, Paul, uh, from, uh, 3.2 is just, uh, 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 yeah, a scholar and a gentleman, good guy to hang out with. And last but not least, I got to talk with Jimmy Keegan. I asked him just about the, the, the power of the set. I'm sure he got the gig because he's able to deliver the power necessary for Robert's music. Um, you've got a pretty wide range with the Carl Palmer stuff. It, it, it's, it's athletic. I would say. Um, and then all the drummers that Robert used for the Magna Carta tribute recordings uh, were pretty aggressive. And, um, you know, Jimmy Keegan is able to deliver that. And, and, and I, I asked if it was more or less dynamic than what he did in Spock's beard. And he said Spock's beard was at times even more aggressive than the berry material mm. but but also more dynamic so you had more prolonged uh, spacious lows and whatnot before building up to those extreme highs but jimmy keegan he is slightly small in stature and he makes up for it in spades with just pure uh delivery on on, on, the, on the kick it's fantastic mm. To see what he does and sings, he sings just, just, hmm. just marvelous. Were there any differences between the, 
the regular 3.2 tour show that you saw the Wednesday night and the uh, Prague stock uh, set that he did? Yes. Yes. Now, now I'm, we are folks who talk about music and that's what Robert does. He gives you a tour of his career. Uh, I, I like it. I, I think it might kind of, you know, poke other people in places where they just want to hear music and they, they don't want the history lesson. Um, but Robert is pretty adept at gauging the crowd and, 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 and keeping the talk as brief as possible he, he, because he, he hit the same themes, but he did the text slightly different each night. I think the, the, the crowd in Kennett Square uh, enjoyed a longer explanation of where Robert was in his career with each story. And I think for the, the slightly larger crowd, I think he abbreviated some of that. Um, but he did move, move songs around, so it was a different set. Cool. I think they deliberately planned something slightly different for Prague Sock. Uh, and, and knowing that Prague Sock was videotaped, there, there's a... Nice. Yeah. And, and there's no policy against taping at, at Prague Sock. Folks had their cameras up and down at various times. Now, now, now I, I, I don't know... Ta- did you say taping? Taping, taping, oh. video taping. Hey, uh, we're, we're old. We, we still refer to tape, even though it doesn't he, exist. He didn't, uh, by any chance, dial in uh, Watch of the Skies, did he, at the Prague, Prague stock? Both. Yep. Yeah. You know, and... and, and really? And, uh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I think that realize was, that. If you go to the original YouTube uh, promotion from Robert and check out what he had in mind... I know that uh, he featured, you know, Ambrosia and uh, and three, the power of three, and 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 the Magna Carta recordings, and I don't think he actually sampled Watcher of the Skies, so he I assumed didn't. it wasn't in that list. Yes, right. I did too. Yeah, but I, I think I think it just it just flows so nicely now, oh, wow. now J- J- jimmy admitted it's work to do those pieces because you're 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 very conscious that it's not the original so you can't really fall back into what you know you're you're, you're doing something very new with mm-hmm. with a very different backbeat oh boy what can i say about uh the 3.2 set um y- y- i mean you shlomos just have to pony up and come to the show next time i i, I can't do this all verbally you're gonna have to rock out with me <laughs> Um, I, I agree, and uh, and now that I know that we can do the the nightly recap starting at about four a.m., I'm definitely in. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you can you can start your TMR recap, or I mean, well, uh, no, you, you you can start your pre-party recap somewhere around you know one a.m. Uh, it, it it won't be TMR next year, but I'm sure it'll be equally amazing. Um, I don't know if that's any if those two hours make it any easier on you. Um, the, fr- the Friday night does not have the uh, after hours jam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh boy. Um, so they call it late night progressive coffee. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh my god. So so I don't want to sell these guys short because they tra- traveled all the way from Germany. Um, the, the after hours entertainment, 
back at the waiting room restaurant on Friday night was Melanie Mao and Martin Schnella. Um, we spent a lot of time doing our Genesis album reviews and uh, this duo provided a wonderful acoustic version um, of Land of Confusion. Ah. Oh. Which is always a joy because, oh, 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 we get to do the audience participation, right? Oh. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so wonderful that uh, Rob Rutz had uh, them reprise that in the park on Sunday. Um, cool. I, 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 uh, a uh, friend of the Palaver, Joel Simkis, is the um, what shall we say the the volunteer who who sets up the outdoor park. It was wonderful. We had good weather, no rain, uh, delightful sunshine. So both Saturday and Sunday, uh, the Bob Moog official park was was um, uh, uh, home to uh, a few fantastic synthesizers and a PA. And, and some of the artists from the shows would kind of reprise their roles to entertain the crowd in a, in a more casual atmosphere in between the, the theater sets. Melanie and Martin re really killed it. Uh, what was another one? Digging in the Dirt was, was just fantastic with the two oh. of them. After they did their set, uh, Valdez came on. That's Simon uh, Godfrey from Tabletop Genesis, uh, killing it with uh, strictly original material. Thoroughly enjoyed what he does. Um, I asked him about his material on Spotify because I had uh, been streaming that. It's very sparse, w w which I, I, I like immensely. So I, I would just say he, he's progressed from kind of doing everything himself uh, more acoustically to having a... Uh, a seasoned uh, keyboard player and bass player with him. Saturday, October 12th, 2019, Jane Getter Premonition. I will forever re regret this. Um, I, I really need to, to, to catch up on this. It was announced at 11. They may have gotten started around 11.15 or 11.30, and I just, I just couldn't motivate. Um, I got myself to the theater just as they were wrapping up. She had an all-star cast of guests there is a studio called hellhound studios it's a rehearsal studio maybe even a recording studio a block away and uh, i know that saga was rehearsing there and and you would just see like you know folks coming and going out of this joint th th yeah that, that's where i saw um andre chamondele just pop his head out of the studio i was like oh my god yo andre <laughs> <laughs> so so uh yeah it, it, it's uh it's a good environment you know i just gotta say though it's it, it's hard to park in this little town it's like trying to park in doylestown where we grew up it's like mm. uh, it's yeah it's like with a little not even the parking meters anymore you got to go find the machine like a block away all right little. yeah so 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 all, all the hip cats are either at the walkable hotel or they're just doing the Uber and the Lyft to get to get to the venue. Yeah, man. Discipline. All right. This is great. If you go on Spotify and search for this act, Discipline, you're going to get a lot with acoustic piano. The dude had a synth the whole time. There was no acoustic piano. That's my only complaint because I did like 
the creepiness of the the real piano and some of the uh, acoustic guitar work. Um, I, I, I should have grabbed the, the front man's name, but I swear there were times when he was coming off of the European scale of, of notes. <laughs> I, I, I thought I, I, they, they would just have these like kind of long pedal tones and some sections, some interesting chords, and he would do like head voice or falsetto, some really sparse notes with these intervals and it was really delightful how he would just play with half steps and whatnot um and just kind of challenge our sonic sensibilities um that's a good segue to randy mcstein um if you just strictly get his rock material you're going to get a little bit of a led zeppelin influence and it, it doesn't do him justice. He, Randy McStein, if you just have him and his pedals and an acoustic guitar, it is so gorgeous. He, he's coming out of conventional verse, chorus, verse, chorus formats, and he's creating more of a, he gets a weird kind of sonic pastiche going either with the guitar or with some effects. He he almost works in a sonnet form, or poetry, more so than a lyric form. It's really nice um, for this stuff. And 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 as you know from our you know previous palavers, he's he's uh, been in um, the Sound of Contact with uh, you know Dave Kersner, and we kind of we kind of talked about that. So so he does the more conventional progginess kind of the the the, the new neo prog uh but this was not that his his solo material uh veers into like brian eno meets radiohead meets david byrne uh really fantastic creepy but 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 touching material but of course i somehow managed to uh uh skip the Rachel Flowers Robert Berry tribute. So oh. so uh Ro- Robert Robert wrote this piece for um Keith Emerson. It's truly about death and our fragility. And I I I, I almost enjoyed Rachel's performance of the piano style more than, you know, the original recording because it takes away the gloss and the production and the ambience and, and just, you know, puts it kind of naked in a hall. Um, so you, you, you can check that out. We'll get that in the show notes. Um, rocket scientists. Now, yes, uh, let's talk Joe, about I, I, cha- <laughs> I challenge, I challenged you over the text message to dig deep into your Asia catalog. What did you find? So what I found was um, Eric Norlander, had a stint wherein he was the keyboardist for Asia featuring John Payne. Indeed. And, you know, it's, it was funny that that came up actually, because um, I've, I've been thinking a lot about Asia recently and the, the difference between John Payne, Asia and John Wetton, Asia. And, um, you know, they're, they both have, have their, their charms, 
so it, it really depends on what I'm in the mood for any particular day. So it was it was very interesting um, to come across that that you came across Eric, and you know it's it's always fascinating when you've got someone who has to sort of interpret, um, you know, someone iconic because the one constant in Asia obviously is Jeff Downs. Jeff Downs you know, up until the, the split, has been the keyboardist. So whether it's John Payne Asia or John Wett in Asia, you've got Jeff Downs. So you've got this Eric Norlander who has presumably spent time interpreting Jeff Downs, which, you know, from, from my perspective, is always interesting on how that works. But he's a lot more than just that when you start looking into his catalog, um, you know, the, the different acts that he's recorded with as well as doing his own stuff. Eric Norlander is a legend um, for the not just the Asia fans, but primarily for the rocket scientists fans. Um, I, I only peripherally heard about rocket scientists. I'm fully indoctored now, having uh, experienced their, their, their set. Uh, the, 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 the bittersweet irony is this is their last gig no way so, really <laughs> i mean this goes back to the 90s this goes back when um we were still kicking around with uh, original material back then uh, in the in the prog sense uh, yeah that's a long time ago um the best story i got and i i should have oh man there are just phenomenal keyboard players everywhere you turn, but, 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 but one of the cats there uh, talked about getting his first keyboard and walking into a music store and he couldn't afford the, the featured keyboard. So we asked, you know, what brand was competing and the salesman showed him Alesis at that time. Alesis was competing with, with, um, I don't know, Kurzweil or, you know, uh, uh, Roland and Sonic, whoever it was on the market. And uh, it turned out that um, Norlander designed the, uh, the exact model of the, 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 the Alesis keyboard that this guy got. Um, I th was that the QS7 or the QS8? Um, so that, 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 that was just a, a fantastic little, you know, story to hear. So it, it's quite an impressive resume <clears throat> that he's got there with Rocket Scientists and Asia featuring John Payne and, you know, the technical work that he does. And, and he leads his own company now, if you read his bio. So uh, kind of a, a, a hidden treasure for me that was not an artist that I researched. It was just a slot that I took for granted, and it, it turned out to be quite fruitful. In this slot, we had the actual Randy McStein said it was nice to have the, uh, the solo artist dividing up rocket scientists with, with a real dense, heavy kind of. Well, Norlander killed it on piano. He played plenty of acoustic piano in that set because it was there. Um, but for the most part, their their palette of sound is quite, you know, heavy and, and, and large. And then we got to strip it down with Randy McStein and then build it back up again gradually with Brand X. Um, 
I am a massive jazz fan more than I admit sometimes. And huh, Kenny Graham. that. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, I, I think all drummers should be forced to do a year of, of jazz. I mean, the drummer from Orpheus 9 was there. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, shoot, shoot you guys some stuff in, in the show notes was, was there. And I, I got to hang out. He's a friend of TMR. Um, his name is Mark D. Gregory. And uh, we, we, we mused about our, our last names, mine, Gregory, his D. Gregory. Um, but but he, he, Orpheus 9 goes into like a jazz kind of a thing. And I just, I just Mark was one of the dudes that I stayed up uh, late to hear. And, and, and it, it's touching for me because they did uh, La Via Strangiata, oh, which is some, did they really? something, that we, something that we always kind of like, like fiddled around with. And then in college, I actually recall we threw that into... Uh, an ensemble set one time. Yeah, they pulled off uh, three Rush tunes uh, with Mark on drums. And uh, I, I, I just um, talk, talking with him, I was like, yeah, I love it when, when, when drummers have that background, a little bit of jazz, a little bit of Neil Peart, a little bit of that subtle stuff. But I digress. Where I'm going is Brand X. And when I got to talk to... Uh, Kenny Grahowski, I asked him if he was familiar with Ari Honig, who was a Philly drummer I used to go see. And he's like, absolutely, I studied with him. I'm like, thank goodness. You know, the only problem is if I ever want to record any solo material, I got to, you know, I think you got to pay like five times extra for the jazz drummer than you do the rock drummer. So <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> I don't know if he's any good, yeah. but I can hook you up with one for cheap, Ken. <laughs> 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 okay all right i can i uh, even got access to a recording studio down here so we could totally make that work what yeah apparently apparently there there are things that can be done cheaper in places other than the northeast like 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 living paying for houses <laughs> and recording studios <laughs> it's cheaper everywhere else but here scott weinberg is amazing as the percussionist for brand X uh, because he's very artfully and subtly playing around Kenny Grahowski, just, just a delightful pair right there. And I already knew what to expect. Like I said, Chris Clark played close to the edge on band geeks and I kind of yeah. caught his vibe already. And then I, I looked him up further and got to see him playing some jazz. It's just such a delight. Just, the scope and the and 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 the and and, and the space and, and and the feel that I get from a good jazz chemistry is pretty friggin' magical. So those three together have a lot on their shoulders. Is it? I think Robin Lumley is the original keyboard player who contributed so much to the Brand X material, and you know it's on you know, Chris's shoulders to to cover all of that. He he acts like a band director at times and he counts the band in and out uh, uh any good keyboard player worth his salt in jazz is 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 got to do a great deal of that mm. um but they all do they they all have their own cues and and of course the legends in brand x include uh percy jones on five string fretless bass absolutely artful and uh, our leader and showman, MC, 
for the evening, John Goodsall on guitar. Uh, really kind of carries the vibe of the audience. He, he, he's a bit uh, humorous and standoffish, but suddenly warm and very open. And then depending on the track, you know, kind of cycling through a new set of expression. Maybe just in a nutshell, he's expressive. And that's, that's what kind of sells the audience. Um, I, I really love that set. They hit a couple of the classics. Why should I loan you mine? If you already broke yours. And uh, a couple of the others, the, the disco one. Uh, and so it, it was nice to hear those melodies, but I didn't even necessarily need that. Just, just, just the vibe that they were creating was, was effing perfect. And then um, we had a huge changeover. Uh, the, the theater staff got the night off, and then a volunteer theater staff came up, I believe. And, and <laughs> do you remember my senior recital at Drexel? Just the size of the stage, the sound of the stage. It was cavernous yeah. and everything. Um, that's that's what this is like. It's not too too different from the Mandel Theater at Drexel, and uh, and uh, they had to strike most of what was there and then put it all back on in a different way, such that the um, uh, last call live is the name of the after, after hours jam. But before that, we had a full multimedia presentation with Paul and Dave's excellent adventure, Paul Bielatowicz and Dave Bainbridge. So, um, I, I, uh, is it, uh, Claude Debussy, uh, the, the French composer that, um, Dave is primarily copying on this and he's doing it to silent movies. Absolutely gorgeous pairing of the, uh, Georges Millier French, uh, film, uh, in the background. And he, he did, I would say, two or three of those um but in their interspersed in there dave brainbridge got to do a more new agey uh instrumental expression i'm still just barely scratching the surface on dave's catalog and uh, iona is his act so i owe it to myself to i had already researched thanks to the royal affair i researched the hell out of paul and now i'm going down a new path to familiarize myself with uh, uh, Dave and Paul and Dave's excellent adventure was lacking only the George Carlin character. I said they needed to find <laughs> a grumpy old man. And it was too bad that Wakeman was busy on tour elsewhere because he would, have been, <laughs> he would have been the ideal George Carlin character. <laughs> so, um, Oh my God. Yeah, so, so 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 they throw in this this extra set. It wasn't even on the original bill with with Paul and Dave, which meant that Last Call Live got pushed a lot later. So I I stayed for just about every song of uh, the Last Call Live. It, it was it was pretty amazing, uh, and made it back for Sunday. Oh my goodness, Sunday. I am going to burn, burn, burn in hell for the three acts I missed. I missed Fido, Jane Getter, Premonition, and Saga. 
I was so exhausted on Sunday. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't see the Sunday headliner. I blew out a dodge. I was just like, I have work on Monday. And, um, but you'll understand, I still had an amazing, it was worth every minute there. So, mm. okay, Sunday, October 13th. Oh, my God. I talked to, um, <clears throat> talked to the bass player from the Siberian and these kids drove 14 hours from Chicago and everyone had a slideshow, you know, it, w w it, all the acts, uh, did a wonderful job of preparing their slides. For example, you know, Robert Berry would compare and contrast the original album cover with the Magna Carta tribute album cover. When he was playing those songs, he would have, um, pictures relevant to that, you know, different junctures in his career. Um, everyone kind of prepared something with, 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 with slides. Uh, but it was quite extreme with the Siberian, uh, C Y B E R I A M. Now imagine not only the huge screen at the back of the stage, they had these two televisions on wheels on stilts, one on either side of the stage. Um, they used a drum riser. The singer slash guitar player was on a riser in the back. The, 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 the keyboardist just had kind of a really badass kind of setup. I don't know if you've seen these. Uh, uh, Dream Theater uses them. I forget who the current keyboardist in Dream Theater. But it's, it's, it's the keyboard stand that looks like a, a silver cylinder. So you can kind of spin the keyboard around in a circle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um oh my god so um so they they, they 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 had really done their homework and invested in all the right stuff or rented the right stuff and really had this stuff looking pretty fly and i i wish you know <laughs> i wish we had a younger man on the on the show to to reveal this this is a genre that that i kind of missed um i i, I want to say it's the muse near neo prog um it's a dramatic format it's kind of you know, storytelling in um a futuristic format i i think the dude made a lot of star trek references uh be before the one song <laughs> it's not a genre that's native to, to, to everything that i follow but i i can appreciate it when i'm there and the Sib siberian really kicked ass mm. uh, um and then uh i saw rachel flowers with michael sadler of saga so i did see michael sadler uh do a wonderful uh, um set with rachel um, and, and the guy is, is delightful. He has it. He has the voice. Uh, he's, he's probably even better now than, than he was when he was younger. <laughs> this takes me to Joe Denison and Stratophorus. Um, Stratophorus with, uh, Joe and, um, his team. They're really awesome. In fact, Paul, can you Google him? Because uh, I want to credit the shredder that, that he started the band with back in the day. Sure. Yeah. 
I, and I really should know my, my shredder lineage. Um, and I, I think I gave up after Satriani just blew me up and I, I stopped trying to cop all these guys. Um, but yeah, if you could figure out who worked with Joe Denison and Stratifurious or who founded Stratifurious, cause I, I know there's a long history there. Um, but Joe is an amazing rock fiddle player. Apparently he sat in with the who I know that they were, um, bringing new fiddle players into Baba O'Reilly in each city that they went to. And Joe just really kills it. It's a really powerful set. And I'm not qualified <laughs> to talk about the, the genre completely, just like I mentioned with the Siberian. Um, but damn it, once I'm there, I know what it is. I, I had a chance to talk with uh, Paul, the bass player, and it, 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 it was pretty awesome. Um, he, he's got quite the slap technique. In fact, his solo was in seven, and he didn't stop popping and slapping even when he was in seven. And, and uh, cats, wow. that, cats that can do that usually. Ken, uh, Ken, did you ask me to look up the guitarist that started Stratospheres? Yeah. Alex Skolnick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't Jeez. believe I forgot that name. I know, I know, I know. I know, but I almost said Richie Kotzen, and okay. I, I, I knew that was wrong, but but they're both okay. they're both amazing dudes. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's Skolnick. So so um yeah, so 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 Joe uh has a great um breeding ground for for chaos <laughs> and odd times. And and just uh, pure power, uh, huh? And yeah, ah, damn! I loved his drummer. Damn! I should have I should have gotten uh, taking notes on the names there. Um, but they're friends with TMR, so we'll see him around. Okay, this takes me to Nectar, right? Crazy, crazy effing Nectar. It, um, yeah, the the original dude, uh, Roy. I need a name there. I forget his last name. But um, it's 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 often two bass players, and they use Rickenbackers. The one Rick has is like a double headstock, and that dude's just killing it. He's one of the central guys, and then the the other one, he's sometimes playing like twelve string and sometimes playing bass. It's just amazing to see what they do with. Uh, imagine like. To Chris Squires, like what you could do with that. Uh, but you just simplify the parts a hair just to make some space. And you do that. But, oh, man, it's a lot of big, glorious, major bar chords in, in, the, in the best ways possible. And um, it's all from the 70s. So it's got that Todd Rundgren feel, right? Mm. Or, um, I don't know, somewhere in between, like, the Moody Blues and Can and Todd Rundgren and ELO, right? It's just, it's just, wow. it's, it's just like beautiful and spacious, but it's got an extra beat at the end of every measure. It's like really crazy what what they did. And I, I never researched this band before, but um, I guess we lost that original guy, Roy, and 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 his, you know, replacement, shall we say is fully vested in the prog genre with, with 
vocals and guitar. That that dude was killing it. And throw in two backing vocals and keyboards, and I think the drummer was original. So so it was it was easily three original members, the two bass players and the drummer. Um, just and they're taking this on tour, and it was just it, it surprisingly long format songs. Yeah, it, it's really it's really hard to put them in a class with any other artist. I'm so glad I got to see it in person. Mm, that's cool. Um, you know, and frankly, uh, what's available on Spotify won't won't do the current lineup justice. It'll give you just a taste uh, of, of, of where they were headed. Like they went back and took in, in their most recent release, they went back and took some guitar tracks from the original seventies stuff that never got finished. And they used it as intros and outros and they redid the whole middle to, to substantiate songs. Uh, it was nice. Wow. Hearing. It, it, yeah. It was really fantastic. Oh my goodness. And that's when I got out of Dodge and I just, I, just, <laughs> I can't like, like now, fortunately, um, going back into the, into the Facebook group, uh, a lot of the saga video was already out there. So I managed to, to see it. And Michael Sadler is absolutely nailing it. Mm. Uh, um, and I see where Connecticut element and Valdez took care of the the late night entertainment at the waiting room and and then I had to bow out but uh you know all told uh f you know f just in total far better than i imagined like it could have been you know robert berry brand x call it a day and just bring in a bunch of you know startup acts and whatnot but no the whole thing from start to finish it, it's a real community and 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 just you start to understand the community when you stay for the last call live and you see like rachel and her mom and a lot of the people that get up and play and and it, it, it's a tight-knit group that kind of seems to migrate between prague stock and prague on the ranch and uh you know kind of uh, different venues and uh, festivals. Cool shit. Amazing. Wow. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. Whew. Man. I'm exhausted just listening to you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> so, in all of that, Ken, what was... What were three things that that really stick with you that you maybe weren't expecting? Just real quick, because we don't have to get into the details because we just went through all that. Well, just, just I mean, rooting into where we've come from, I, I just, Paul, I kept thinking of you like, oh, yeah, um, you know, what if we stayed just as prog crazy as we were when we were 20 years old? And, and, <laughs> and, and that uh ferocity mixed with luck you know and 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 contacts and and you know yeah tenacity um 
you know, because we existed during the period of rocket scientists and we existed, you know, um, throughout this. So it's really interesting seeing, you know, the, the, the trajectory that all these different artists take kind of brothers and sisters in music, the folks that did a little bit more of what we did with just the blessing of, of talent and luck. I don't uh, know, Ken, if next year I'm going to have the constitution to survive such an ordeal. <laughs> There's a lot going on next year. There's a lot going on next year, but uh, boy, I'm, I'm really disappointed that I, that I missed any of this. Well, okay. So, so Tom Palmieri and Anne Ranieri um, have really gone to great lengths to make people comfortable and to keep this all worked out. It, it was amazing how deliberate Anne was before Last Call Live. It was like, if you are staying here, we really think you should order the food. The food is, the food is 15 bucks, and you get a wristband. And I'm like, eh, I'm not going to eat much, but I want to support the cause, and I'm going to pay money, and I'm going to get my wristband. But, yeah, when you're there for that long, and then the, uh, uh, and the food comes and it smells awesome – and I forget yeah. what it was they, they they had like some vegetarian options and just some chicken, not a huge selection, but oh my god, that hit the spot that 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 because without those calories, I never would have made it to three forty five a m um and it's just you know part of the culture it's like 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 everyone who's going into last call live, like this is your chance to fuel up because you're not like gonna go there's no like wawa next door, dude, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to you have to drive like four miles like i don't know it, it, it's interesting there are a lot of wawas in north jersey there are more wawas than we have and wawa started in pa but they're all four miles apart so hmm. dude the one night oh my god i leave last call live and my my battery's dead my battery's dead 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 i really wanted to check out all the names and brand x because John Goodsall is such uh, a, a punk and a misfit and and just a barbarian and a pirate, right? So 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 he introduces everyone in the band with the wrong name, just because that's what he does. That's in his style, right? And and I had memorized the names like a few hours before. I'm like, don't do this to me, dude. You're messing <laughs> me up, right? And and, and 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 when I got through the the line to shake everybody's hand and the meet and greet. I got to Scott. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. Help me out. I, I good saw messed me up with the names here, and and you're gonna think I'm a jerk, but help me out. So, but but yeah, Scott was was really accommodating and nice. He's like, yeah, that's John. That's what he does. So, um, <laughs> but but I couldn't I could I couldn't I I couldn't remind myself of the names because my 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 battery was dead, and and I'm leaving, and 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 that was like, I I I was there for like eight hours with a dead battery and and it didn't even dawn on me when i left the uh last call live that i didn't 100 percent know at 3 45 a.m how to get back to my hotel oh god jeez! Oh, <laughs> but i found a couple of ambulance drivers to give me directions um and the, the, those guys were straight up they gave me that the right answer um uh, so <laughs> that was my only that was my only like like briefly nervous moment at uh at Prague stock. So, uh, but, uh, 
the folks are nice, Joe. Uh, so, some of the accommodations have already been kind of thought through uh, by some of the folks in, in terms of just the timings and the food and whatnot. Um, but you're really on your own for your meals. You, you have to kind of scope out Rahway. There was a pierogi joint that got really high marks that I didn't try, but Joe Cass loved it. The waiting room is supportive, so we supported them. I think I, I grabbed a salad with them even when there was no live entertainment. And, um, <laughs> folks on the Facebook group are phenomenal. There was one joint that was so backed up in the kitchen that fellow prog stalkers were telling folks not to go there and, you know, don't get jammed up cause you won't make it back in time. So it, it, it the community is helping to, to keep the information flowing and keep everything going on schedule and try nice. to yeah yep yep all in real time yeah and you're allowed to video with your phones either digitally or if you're old like me you know pseudo analog uh i'm not allowed to say i'm not allowed to say taping paul is that <laughs> no i i wasn't sure if that's what you said or not so i uh i just wanted to clarify yeah 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 so so um Ah, damn. I got to, I got to, got to catch up on so many hours of sleep, but, uh, it was all worth it. <laughs> wow. I, I, I went into work and, and I, I told my guy, I'm like, I think my brand is back. Keep your eye on me. Keep me on track. If I have deliverables, tell me exactly what they are. Don't leave any room for me to interpret the deliverables. Well, Ken, it sounds like that was one of the most epic, uh, three, three and a half to four days of uh, of uh, <laughs> progressive rock that I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, so so I, I would like to split the tasks. Uh, you know, um, maybe I'll get a day off, Joe, and you'll go to the shows. Okay. And- <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, th- I think uh, I think at, at our semi advanced age, that's probably a good good way to approach this in the future. <laughs> Uh, there are some frog heads with, uh, with many years on us, but, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we all have to pace ourselves differently. Hmm. All right. Well, Ken, that is phenomenal. And we obviously certainly appreciate you taking one for the team and, uh, you know, representing the palaver here at, at this wonderful event. I'm glad that, you know, as you pointed out at, at the top of this episode, you know, through almost a, a, a happy set of, of accidental circumstances, we got kind of plugged into something where maybe we weren't even aware that it existed. And it sounds to be every bit as rewarding as one could have hoped. So, you know, that's this this sort of discovery, right, is is part of why we started this this podcast in the first place. So I think that's absolutely spectacular. And uh, it certainly sounds like there there should be, in the future, no lack of things for us to palaver about, which is always good. <laughs> okay. Um, let me read what I uh, posted, just kind of put a bow in the, uh, the uh, Proxoc experience. Next year, I hope to bring my podcast Pals to Progstock. Progstock 2019 was everything I imagined, and now, in retrospect, I find it 
fascinating progressive palaver churned away for two years and 70 episodes without the Prague stock experience to illuminate the journey. Our favorite word on the progressive palaver is journey. <laughs> Historical reasons. I'll be reporting in detail back to the guys. Check. Uh, I'm thank you know when my <laughs> you know when my brain exploded. I I didn't I didn't I didn't. All right, I'll finish reading this. But um, I'm thanking Total Mass Retain, Yes Tribute for turning me on to this festival, and of course Yes Official for featuring TMR over a year ago at the Yes Fifty Fan Fest. That event was pivotal in Prague as in life. Every person is an encyclopedia, and I've only begun to hear the stories. So, um, Bravo. I, I, was, I, I was thrilled. Now, I'm going to tell you when my brand exploded. I really wanted to win the Lab Series L5 so I could, oh. come, so I could come home and sound like Ty Tabor. Paul, I almost messaged you, like, you want me to double the uh, <laughs> silent auction bet if you, if, you, if you match me dollar for dollar? But, um, <laughs> I may I, have. Then I felt bad for the other guy because he's probably a massive King's X fan too, who 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 was bidding and it, like like most peaceful KXers, we we slowed down those silent bids. I I I I didn't go crazy on it. Um, what did it go for, Ken? I I don't even know. It it, it was probably four hundred because I I think oh. I I think I think I I know I know I know I know. Oh. I I could have, I could have, I, 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 I would have paid good money to put it in your basement, dude. <laughs> so, 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 um, I, I, I go and I look at the silent auction and I make the call not to escalate and I turn around to leave and I see Eric Norlander talking to Tom Brislin and I'm just like, uh. dude, dude, that, that's, that, you know, that's prog stock. That's what it's all about. You know, mm. that, that's the magic right there, and that 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 was the image as as uh, as I was leaving. I wanted to share that meeting of the minds with you guys. That checks many prog boxes. Nice. <laughs> That's phenomenal. All right. So then, uh, until next year, when we uh, at the Palaver will have to contemplate our our future with regards to attending. And um, how long until we start uh, pressing ourselves into Cruise to the Edge? <laughs> Can I tell you, I had, a, I had a huge conversation with um, Robert Heckman about this. And um, King's X is on the cruise as well as Merlion this year. And it's in late March, early April. I mean, go, go do your homework. But it, it's and there, there are A, B and C tickets. So you may not see every show that Marillion does, but you will be guaranteed to see at least one Marillion show. But that show will be different from what the B and the C people see if you're an A. And then you'll go to a certain yes show. Okay, I'm already turned off because I don't need that level of, of, of pressure <laughs> on me. Wow. <laughs> so that means we like one of us has to be A, one of us has to be B, and one of us has to be C, and we all report back. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. that's yep. crazy okay all right i gotta sleep all right <laughs> sounds good all right well ken again thank you for uh for not only attending but giving us this this very comprehensive report on your way back 
any of our listeners who were also at Prague Stock um, or who happened to catch 3.2 on their tour around Prague Stock, uh, as always, we look forward to your thoughts, comments, questions, and feedback. You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at Prague Pala on all of those, or search for Progressive Palaver. Um, you can also email us. Our email address is progpala at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So, until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>